Perfect. All right, so we'll start this again. Um, I'll just go ahead and start like what I'd be doing if I was on blog talk. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Voice for Victims podcast with your host, Crystal Starnes. Today, we're going to have a special guest coming to us all the way from India. It's amazing how technology is so advanced that we can connect worldwide. I can't wait to share who will be coming on today. She is an amazing lady, hard worker, and a true servant leader. Dr. Shali Mukherjee, who is the director at Adama's University in India, she has a purposeful career in the education space spanning over more than 20 years. Dr. Shali Mukherjee has dedicated her life towards promotion of child-centric and activity-oriented education. A passionate educationist and a global thought leader with a background of a setting up and leading new age K-12 schools, Dr. Mukherjee has been the founder principal of Adama's World School and STEM World School, the first STEM school in West Bengal. Under her inspiring leadership, STEM World School has been ranked and awarded as the second best international day school in West Bengal by Education World. Dr. Mukherjee has also held senior academic and administrative positions in some of the reputed colleges of West Bengal. She believes that the purpose of meaningful education is to develop lifelong learners, creative thinkers, and responsible global citizens who are confidentially equipped to face the challenges of an uncertain and constantly unfolding future. All her through career, all through her career in education, Dr. Mukherjee had actively contributed to and spearheaded the process of creating a personalized, engaging and stress-free curriculum for learners of all age groups. She has been the recipient of numerous awards, including National Quality Excellence Award, Gem of India Award, Server Pali Radharashian Award, National Education Leadership Award, and World Peace Award, to name a few. She has also been awarded for being among India's top 50 women leaders in the education industry and top 20 revolutionary education leaders by the Academic Council of ULETS. She is associated with premier educational organizations across India, as well as globally in senior advisory capacity. She is also recognized among 99 women achievers of India for the year 2021. As an internationally acclaimed inspirational speaker, she is regularly invited to numerous national and international conferences, universities, summits, and events to share her insights on the futuristic and transformative role of education. Let's welcome Dr. Shali to the show. Hello, Dr. Shali. How are you? Hello, Crystal. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. What about you? I'm doing well. I'm, I apologize that we had some technical difficulty um, on my other platform that I normally use, but we were able to figure it out and we're now on Zoom. So that's that's fine, too. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, in the last two years, we have really been acquainted with so much of technical glitches and yet we have sort of moved forward and we have always figured out a way to connect. Yep, I totally agree. We figured out a way. 
And I'm very happy we did because I'm really happy that I got connected with you and I got to meet you. So, um, so I've already told a little bit about your background. I guess what we could do is um, start out. I mean, anything that you want to say about your background that I haven't talked about, I guess you could start with that. And then we could go into talking about um, like what you do over there, like with your education system that you guys currently have in your country. Yeah. So, <laughs> Crystal, to start off with, let me just tell you that you have given a wonderful introduction of mine. And I really feel that I really do not have anything more to add to it. So <laughs> let us get started on with the discussion uh, that we have actually thought that we would be discussing today. And that is the urgent need to reimagine our current education system, which is definitely the need of the hour. Right, I totally agree. So what would you say that your the view your views are on our current education system? Well, uh, to tell you very frankly, uh, it has been more than 23 years that I have been associated with the sector of education. And I entered this particular sector with a lot of dreams and aspirations to create a whole lot of difference in the lives of the people around me through the ennobling power of education. But honestly, when I started off with my journey long back, and back to in a very reputed international school in India, as the days progressed, I started you know, growing frustrated with a kind of the system of education that was prevalent. And I'm not talking about anything that is nation specific or anything that is particularly true about India. I saw that day in and day out, the children who are brimming with a lot of energy, creativity and enthusiasm, in turn, they are actually being extremely anxious and they're be, they are actually being, you know, they're sort of losing that love, that fun, that excitement that should be an essential part of learning. When I delved deep into it, I found out that the system is responsible for it because everybody thought that, you know, children can be taught in the same manner the same thing in the same way and preferably on the same day. So it was thought that there is a kind of a box and everybody would be fitting into that particular box. So irrespective of whatever changes and advancements have happened, it's unfortunate that our current education system is still the essential byproduct of the 19th century industrial revolution, which still promotes a one-size-fits-all educational model. It still denies the fact that each and every child is born with a unique blueprint, with a unique ability to create a unique world of difference around him or her. 
The system denies the fact that children are born with a lot of creativity. They are born with a lot of, uh, you see, uh, enthusiasm and curiosity. So it's that kind of a system which denies individuality to the children and sort of put them all in one particular box and tries to evaluate them based on one standardized system. So I was extremely frustrated with this kind of a system. And from then onwards, I started thinking that our education system needs not only a change, but perhaps an entire evolution. And nothing short of a revolution would perhaps work for education. And uh, you see, it worked, it worked as a kind of a very powerful trigger for me. And uh, it was quite painful for me to see the children suffering in that kind of, uh, you know, a stress-laden kind of a situation. So in the year 2015, I sort of, you know, uh, established the first STEM school in West Bengal, India, a school which was eventually awarded for being the second best international day school in the entire West Bengal region of India by Education World in 2016. Now, how was that different? The school came with a very, very different kind of an ideology. It believed that children need a lot of fun excitement in order to learn. And the greatest learning happens when children learn through play. And children learn the best when they're not stressed out. So in that particular school, we gave a lot of importance, and in fact, more importance to the happiness quotient of the children, to the emotional quotient of the children, rather than the intelligence quotient of the children. And the rest is, history, I would say, because uh, the school had done really well. And, you know, the children, the parents, the teachers, you know, they sort of understood that there was an urgent need for a very, very different kind of an education, that education was not meant to be rote memorization ending with formal degree or certification. Education is something which is much, much beyond that. It is, in fact, lifelong learning. Yes, I totally agree with you. I, I think that every child, every human being is different and everybody learns differently. So I feel that it is, it is not a one-size-fits-all and I'm glad that you did change the system over there um, going forward, um, because, you know, everybody, everybody has different IQs, you know, it's just, it's not a one size fits all. So like, I think it's great that you did that. And I wish that we had that over here. Um, because it seems like, you know, I don't know, everybody has the same curriculum. You know, they do have people that will assist with children, you know, that's maybe having learning issues, and maybe tutoring and things, but I think that they need to revamp it in our country. Absolutely. Yeah, because, um, you know, it's just everybody's different. You know, I might, I might learn a certain way, like I'm a visual person 
where you may not be visual, you may have to do everything by reading out of a book. I'm just saying that as an example, I'm not saying that's how you are, but you know what I mean? Like we're all, we're all different. So, um, you know, it totally makes sense to, you know, have it individualized, you know, like everybody has to learn at their own capacity. Um, do you find that this has grown, um, more mental health issues with the children? Like you had said, like they get anxious and, um, you know, they can't learn in a stressful environment. So like, do you find that more of them are getting, reaching out for help to try to get, get into therapy due to what's happened in the school system? Absolutely. Yes. See, we have to understand that when something is thrust upon us, uh, even as adults, we won't like it, right? Then how can, how can the children like the fact that when it is a time for them to grow, to play, to have fun, and to have a lot of learning through fun and enjoyment, how do you think that the children would like if a lot of things are being thrust on them forcibly. You see, since childhood, as parents and as educators, we tend to give a lot of importance to cutthroat competition. We sort of tell our children that it is so very important to come first in everything, be it in academics or in sports or in extracurricular activities, well, you have to come first in everything. Why? Because cutthroat competition is the key. On the other hand, you see, the two essential skill sets that are required to thrive in this 21st century, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world happens to be cooperation and collaboration and not cutthroat competition. So you see, right from the very beginning, we are doing things in a very, very wrong way. So when it is time for children to unfold their potentials, to be at their best by being themselves, we as parents sort of thrust on them a lot of unmet expectation of us, a lot of unmet dreams, a lot of, uh, you see, it's like, suppose I wanted to be a scientist in my life and, and I couldn't be one. So when I have a child, it automatically becomes the responsibility of my child to fulfill my unmet desires. But that is not something that we should be doing to our children. And we have to understand that each and every child has been born with a unique blueprint and they have their own likes, dislikes, their own talents, their own abilities, their own areas of passion. Even as parents or as educators, we have no business to trust on them and to forcibly make them do something against their wish and against what they are in reality. So automatically, Crystal, if you're doing something forcibly, if you're doing something uh, on the basis of compulsion, no adults would like it. And if the adults won't like it, how can you even imagine that children are going to like it just based on the fact that they're their children and that they perhaps do not have that kind of you know that ability to stand up 
against you just because you are a parent or because you are a senior or because you are an educator. I mean, that is a very, very wrong way of thinking. It's, it's, I, I feel that way because each and every child is an individual in his or her own rights. So definitely when you are made to do something which you don't enjoy, which you don't like doing, automatically there will be mental health issues. There will be mental health concerns. And oftentimes you see when, and, and it's so difficult to spot and identify these kind of concerns in children because there is a kind of a propensity in parents and educators to downplay these kind of symptoms as maybe you know usual mood swings of a child. So it's okay. I mean, if I feel that my child is anxious, maybe it's a momentary phase, and maybe in the next, in the in, in the very next moment, he or she will be all right. But then I believe that as parents, we need to be more mindful, more observant, and we need to understand their psyche because mental health issues are very much a reality. And it's a very, it, it's a part of a sad reality of our 21st century world, but even our children are, you know, victims of it. Yes, I, I totally agree. Yeah, they, it, it affects their mindset, you know, if they're being forced to do something that they don't feel comfortable with. And they do have rights, just like we have rights. So I, I'm so happy that you have, have done this and you know, hopefully you didn't get a lot of backlash from your peers. I mean, did you have a lot of backlash? Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I said we did, but go ahead. <laughs> this is something which is very natural, you see, Crystal, because uh, it's not unusual because the moment you try to do something different, I guess uh, you need to have two things. First, you need to have that mental preparation that uh, you will be getting a lot of backlash and that there will be a lot of stumbling blocks, oppositions, criticisms coming your way. And the second thing that you should have is a lot of courage and fortitude. Because when you have chosen to do something different, you must have a very clear purpose as to why you have decided to do that. So when you know that your purpose is very, very clear to you, and your purpose is so very alluring to you, that it acts as a kind of a magnet to pull you towards that kind of a vision. So in spite of you know, stumbling blocks and challenges and oppositions, you seem to make your way somehow because your vision is so very strong. So yes, definitely I had faced a lot of oppositions and especially when you try to do something different in the field of education, well, you must be prepared for all these things because, uh, you know, in the sphere of education, we have to unfortunately deal with a lot of with a, with a lot of people with mindsets which are so very resistant to change. It shouldn't be so, but unfortunately, this is the reality. Whatever changes are happening around us, education is something where the changes come maybe at the last. 
So education is that sphere where the changes happen. I mean, everywhere, every changes have happened. And the last area to change is perhaps education because people are so very reluctant. People are so very resistant to change, perhaps because of the fact that it's really difficult to accept and impress the change because if you have to do that, you have to move out of your comfort zone and you have to acknowledge the bitter truth and the bitter reality that whatever uh, has been happening for so long has really not served us. So this is quite difficult for people to accept and to admit. So one of the questions I did have, um, how did you implement like the curriculum? Like what did you, did you like give like maybe two or three options of a curriculum for each child? Or I guess, how did you do the STEM part of it? Yeah. So uh, let me just tell you, since it was a STEM school, a lot of people have a kind of a misconception that a STEM school is something which stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths. And maybe it's a kind of a school where these are the four disciplines which are being taught. Well, this is a very, very narrow definition of a STEM school, and it's not correct. A STEM school should be actually termed correctly as a STEAM school with the addition of the letter A, which stands for arts and humanities. So it is a kind of a school where the focus is on interdisciplinarity. So it is not like, um, you see, it's not like uh, the children are learning science in the first one hour. In the next one hour, the children are learning maths. In the next hour, they're learning maybe literature. So it's not something, learning does not happen in that way. Uh, you know, we have to understand. And especially in a STEM school, in a different kind of a school, the educators understand the psychology behind learning, the neuroscience behind learning, that a brain is receptive to that kind of learning, which happens in a very, very fun and in a joyous manner and in an interdisciplinary manner where science is connected with maths, where geography is connected with perhaps music, where history is perhaps connected with dramatics. So these are the linkages. Uh, see, Crystal, till date, we have believed in the fact that all these disciplines are different from each other. And they should be taught in a very, very different manner. But we have to understand that learning happens in a cross-disciplinary and in an interdisciplinary manner, where everything is connected to everything. So each and every subject, each and every discipline is connected with all the other subjects. It is our responsibility as teachers and educators to find out those linkages and make them very obvious and tangible to our students. Once we are able to do that, learning becomes fun, learning becomes acceptable, and learning becomes lifelong. So that is something what we have actually focused on the STEM school that this is the way in which learning should happen. So we never had, you know, um, a set kind of textbooks. We had our own curriculum and we used to revise and update those curriculum every year, you know, based on the real life. Because what a child is learning in school, if that is not connected 
with the world outside, well, that learning doesn't have any meaning. This is precisely the reason as to why the children, they forget each and everything, whatever they have learned in the very next moment after which they have actually faced an examination. You know, because they have only learned in order to pass or to write that examination. So once that examination is over, they sort of do not remember anything that they have learned. So we do not want our learners to grow in that fashion. We want them to not only remember things, but also to apply those knowledge uh, maybe 10 years or 20 years after. So that is what learning should be. And if that is what learning should be, it should be done in a very, very different manner. It should be executed in a very different manner. Yeah, I like how um, you you added the A of the arts and humanitary. We actually, my daughters do um, cyber schooling and they have a STEM project they have to do every year and they connect all the subjects together, but I never understood it, you know? And I, I like how you add the A on there because that does make sense because that gives you every everything as a whole, you know? And um, so... I, I really like um, what you're doing. Is there any way, like, is there any information that you could send me on what you've done, like that I could maybe share with that school, possibly like, yeah. you know, just going forward? Absolutely, Crystal. You just let me know how can I be of any kind of help. So uh, I would definitely love to add value. Yeah, and, there, and then also... Um, is there like a website that you have that, that we could share with the listeners today so that, um, you know, they can go on and, and read about you? So I do not have my personal website, but I'm quite active on my social media uh, platforms. So I'm quite active on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Additionally, I write a lot. So a lot of books that I have written or I have edited, they're all available on Amazon. So if anybody is willing to go through the work that I do, so I can share with you all the links which you can share with your listeners or your audience. Okay, yeah, that would be great because that way you can like you can promote any of your stuff on here right now. And then I can also share it on you know Facebook and also on the when when I upload on blog talk, I can share it on there as well. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you um, would like to talk about while we're on here? See, Crystal, I have always been a very, very passionate uh, academician. Last 23 years of my life, I've devoted to education and in trying to bring about real change in the way in which education can be delivered for the benefit of our younger generation. So I have been extremely passionate about whatever I have done and I would like to continue to do that in days to come. Well, apart from that, um, as you know a little bit about myself by now, I am an inspirational speaker, I speak on various platforms and domains, on areas pertaining to not only education, but also women empowerment, youth empowerment, mental health issues, uh, leadership. 
communication, etc. Well, having said so, I believe that whatever domains I just mentioned, they just cannot be divorced from education. Because education is such a, you know, overarching concept that it impresses each and every aspect of life. Because education, the, another word for education is actually life. So that is something that I have been doing, Crystal, for so long. And uh, I believe a lot in the concept of purpose. I believe that if you know why you are doing what you are doing, I think a lot of things are sorted in your life. And I keep on telling my, you know, my teachers, my colleagues, my students, and even the parents, that the day you find the purpose of your life, there is nothing or no one which can actually stop you from achieving the goal of your life. Because if you really want to be on the driver's seat of your life, and you do not want life to drive you, then, well, you must have that control and the charge of your life. And in order to do that, the first step is understanding why would you like to do something that you would like to do? So in short, I am speaking about purpose and meaning of life. I guess um, whatever I have done and whatever I would like to continue doing is all based on meaning and purpose. I'm blessed that I can do these kind of work with the same kind of energy and passion with each and every passing day. And I hope that with God's grace, I can really continue creating a lot of difference in the lives of the people around me. Yeah, you are doing an amazing job at trying to protect our children. And I thank you for that. Because, you know, I have two daughters of my own and and I just commend you for everything that you're doing. It's, it's amazing. And I do believe that there is a purpose. I believe God puts us in positions to try to help. And, you know, we all have a purpose in life. And I feel that you're, this is your calling and, you know, you're, you're fighting the fight to stand up for the children. And I th just think it's amazing. And thank, thank you so much for, for doing that. We need thank more you so much. You. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so I guess, um, going forward, like any information that you could send off, um, to me, I will share it, um, on the platforms over here. And if there's anything else that you want to tell the listeners, um, otherwise, um, I'll probably just end the show pretty soon, but you're welcome to, you know, talk about anything else that you want to talk about and put out anything like if you have some books that you wrote if you want to give out the names so that they can hear and like where they can find them you're welcome to do that sure so what i'll do crystal i'll be sending you all the details uh, so that you can actually share it with your listeners in days to come and i would definitely like to say that it had been a wonderful uh, you know, experience connecting with you and interacting with you. So, yes, we have been, uh, you know, conversing with each other for uh, 
you know, last few days and we, are, we were really trying to do this. And I'm so happy that we have been able to do it today. And I would really be happy if anything that I have said or shared today on this show, if it brings about a little bit of change in anybody's thought patterns or thought process, and if that leads that person to do something better, well, I think that my purpose is served. Thank you so much for inviting me on this platform. And Crystal, let me tell you, you are doing an amazing work and I really appreciate your work and may God give you all the strength to continue doing such wonderful work. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Shawi. And thank you again for coming on the show. Anyone um, that would like to come on the Voice for Victims show, they can go to the website, voiceforvictimspodcast.com and fill out the questionnaire or send me an email and um, I will be in contact. And going forward, please um, look for information that I'll be sharing about Dr. Shali Mukherjee and what she's done um, to transform the education system in her country. I like what she's done and I believe that, you know, we need to consider doing that over here in the United States going forward because every child has different needs. Every child has different wants. That being said, no child should ever be forced to do something that they don't feel comfortable doing. I hope everyone has a fabulous Thursday. Till next time. Going forward, everybody out there, always stand up for what is right, either for yourself or for someone else. Have a good day. See you, Dr. Shawley. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.